Welcome to Victory Church Podcast. At Victory, we are committed to connecting people to God, His church and their purpose. For more information, visit victorychurch.net.au. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning, everybody. Victory Church, it's great to be with you this morning. It still feels like we're together, although there is something missing and can't wait to be together in the flesh. But uh, it's great to be in your lounge rooms and your kitchens. I hope you got your pyjamas on and uh, sitting there with your cup of tea. And uh, I pray that God will help us gather around His Word and be encouraged today uh, by all that He wants to share with us. It's always good to be uh, with Tony and Kath and the Victory family and the team I feel so much not a guest speaker, but part of the team, part of the family. I love our Kingdom Alliances. I think God is about to do some amazing things. In fact, tonight we'll talk a little bit about what I see and I believe from Scripture on where we're going. We're going to where we've never been before and it's going to be amazing. You know, for many, it's a celebration today of Pentecost Sunday all around the world and Pentecost means different things to different people. You know, to me, Pentecost is not just about feeling God's presence, but it's about an empowerment to fulfil His purpose. It's an empowerment to fulfil His purpose. I love the moments I've had with God over the years, but they had to turn into movement. They can't just stay as moments. They have to turn into movement that absolutely give my life momentum. And, you know, in the good times and in the sad times, uh, I am grateful for my friend, the Holy Spirit, who has uh, been by my side. I, I get emotional just thinking about it. Yesterday I was talking to my son and we were going through the many prophecies over the years, over our lives. Uh, a lot of them from David McCracken, a, a great prophetic voice in our country. And there was over 160 pages of download over the years of things that were promised by God. And right now I'm living in those promises, but it doesn't mean that tough times aren't around us. And so he's got God in all seasons. I'm just reminded right now of those Hebrew boys that were thrown into a furnace, you know, in the book of Daniel. And, you know, um, they were thrown there because they wouldn't bow to a heathen king's request. But, you know, they also worked in that king's palace and God was with them in the palace, but He was also with them in the furnace. And the favour of God is not just about the good times in the palace, it's about when we're in the furnace of affliction, His presence is there. And you know what? When we can handle God like that and allow the Holy Spirit to be with us in all seasons, we become a testimony to our greatest critics. Because a lot of people criticise the church, uh, but when they see us handle fire, not just favour, they go, hey, you guys are authentic. You guys have got the real deal. And so I believe what's happening right now, and again, we'll talk about this tonight more, is that we've been good at gathering as God's church, but we're not sure of what it means to scatter as God's church. And God wants to bring a balance of both. What do we do when we gather? Listen in tonight and we'll talk about it. And what do we do when we scatter? Because there's a scattering and there's a gathering. And so when people are saying, can't wait to get back to church, can't wait to get back to church, I can't wait either to be with you, to be together. But it's not that the empowerment alone happens at church because church is not a building, church is a people. And so whether we're in the building or not, 
In Revelations chapter 1, we read that John was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day on an island uh, of Patmos, which was the worst possible place you could be, a place of being uh, ostracised, uh, a bit like we feel in, in this season, but worse for him, it was a place where mad people were. And he says, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. He wasn't in church, he was the church. And he gets this incredible revelation in the most awkward place. The Holy Spirit of God is not limited to a place. He fills the people. And I'm so grateful today for that. And so just because you're my family, I wanna keep you updated on my journey. I can't fully remember all the things I've told you over the last couple of years, but the last two years have been physically very challenging for me. And you know, it hasn't been all wonderful as far as my feelings. Uh, my body's been quite trashed with pain. And as many of you know, two years ago, I was diagnosed with non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, as a result of that, I picked up some infections. And the latest is that I have an infection being dealt with right now in my eyes. Uh, and so I've lost quite a bit of sight in my right eye. If you saw my notes, it's very big print. And uh, I've also lost a bit of sight in my left. So, um, uh, you know, I'm just wondering whether I should get a white cane and put that out my window when I'm driving and just sort of find my way. But I don't know how that's going to go. But uh, so it's not a fun time. And yet from the day I was diagnosed from cancer, for yeah, of cancer, with cancer, sorry. And uh, I was in the hospital within 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I discovered there were three things that were so real to me and I believe they are the work of the Holy Spirit, I experienced God's peace. You know, an amazing peace. In the midst of such a difficult time, the peace was indescribable. Not only did I feel that incredible peace of God in my life, you know, I experienced quite deeply Him present. You know, the peace of God brings His presence. So I felt God present. I didn't sort of have goosebumps I didn't feel like I just wanted to break out into song. You know, where it says in Philippians, rejoice in the Lord always. I had to rechoice in the Lord always. And I had to make a choice. I'm going to have a positive faith posture. But that meant His presence was helping me have that posture. God's peace, He was present. But what I wasn't ready for was that His purpose never left my life. And you know, I sit here today in the middle of my purpose. Pastor David McCracken prophesied 12 years ago that I would be doing what I'm doing right now with pastors, leaders, churches. I'd forgotten about it, but His purpose has never left my life because the work of the Holy Spirit is to constantly remind me of God's purpose for my life and brings Jesus' revelation to me on how can I how I can outwork that purpose. And so just to mention very, very quickly that, you know, I look back and I think it was 1983 and I was working in a menswear store and I remember having a visit from a pastor saying, you're going to be in full-time ministry real soon, serving God. We're all in full-time ministry and we all serve God. But for me, it was a calling to church governance and I wasn't really feeling equipped for it. I was just happy to sell clothes in the menswear store. And he said, God's going to speak to you. Holy Spirit's going to come to you. And I got on the bus that night and uh, to come from the city to Ingle Farm. I was living at Ingle Farm and we used to get bus tickets with a saying on the back of the ticket. 
And as I turned the ticket, it said, whatever's around the corner, God's already there. And I remember just tearing up on the bus and going, God, you're doing something. You're continuing to speak. I opened my Bible on the bus and my scripture for the day was Isaiah 40 uh, verse 9. Do not fear. Or 41 verse 9. I've called you from your mother's womb. You know, though you go through the waters, you know, you won't drown. Well, I didn't know we were going to lose a son. I didn't know we were going to go through the challenges that we went through. We've been through those waters, but we're still here today. And I'm so grateful to God for the Holy Spirit and His work that brings the purpose of God in our lives. I was sharing this story just a couple of weeks before COVID in a church here in Adelaide. I didn't know sitting in the meeting was a friend of mine who was the best man at our wedding. He was moved by what I shared. And a few days later, he rings me and he said, give me your address, I wanna send you something. And a few days later, I received in the mail this book. And this book is called Talking Tickets. And it's the sayings on the back of all those bus tickets written by a man who for 40 years, a millionaire in Adelaide, was inspired by God not to stand on a pulpit, behind a pulpit, not to have a platform like I've got this morning here, but his purpose for his life was for 40 years to write tickets, sayings on the back of tickets. In this book are the stories of people who were on their way to commit suicide. They were about to walk out on life and they got a ticket on the tram or the bus. It was back in horse and cart times before we got the buses and trams and people surrendered their lives to God, did not commit suicide. And the sayings on those tickets are in this book. And right in the middle is the one that I got. Whatever's around the corner, God's already there. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know, some people think the Holy Spirit is just talking in tongues and I speak in tongues and I'm grateful that I can edify myself and connect with God through my prayer language. But tonight I'm going to share the seven evidences quite briefly, but share with you out of the Bible of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And it's not just tongues. A lot of people speak in tongues and don't have the evidences I'm going to share with you. Tongues is the the opening. It's a gateway to connect with God, but it's not the finishing place. It's a place that opens us up to what God wants to do. And so God has never stopped speaking through the Holy Spirit in my life from the day I got that ticket. And it wasn't that long ago, I shared it with some of your leaders here where I was asked to go to Zurich and to preach at a conference in Zurich. And and, and I said, God, I'm not well enough. And, and, And I said, but I'll say yes. And then I got so severely sick that I ended up in hospital and had to cancel the conference. The people in Zurich says, well, we'll wait another year. And not that long ago, they said, you've got to come before COVID. It was a few months ago. It was actually probably nearly a year ago now. And I went to Zurich in the midst of my own sickness, in the midst of my own pain. And they had to put me in a clinic as soon as I arrived. And the year before seemed to be the right time to go. And yet I couldn't go. And yet I knew by the promptings of that Holy Spirit inside that says, you've got to do this, you've got to do this, you've got to do this. The day I arrived, I was met at the airport and I was told that the worship pastor of this conference of 4,000 people had just passed away. And they said, oh, can you navigate us through grief? 
and pain. And instead of preaching the subject I was given to preach, I got to speak about handling grief and pain and God's timing was so perfect. I got back to Australia, ended up back in hospital. I was supposed to be speaking my next appointment in Christchurch and I was supposed to be speaking there at a conference and the pastor from Christchurch said to me, you need to come. I said, I can't, I'm in hospital, I need to cancel. He goes, what are we gonna do? I mean, it's 4,000 people booked into the conference, a thousand in Christchurch. And I said, I don't know what to do. He rings me the next day and he said, can you preach a message in the hospital? I said, okay, I'll try. And I ended up being given the chapel at the hospital. There was nobody in the room, just me and a cameraman. As I began to speak, the power of God came. Tears began to flow down my face and the cameraman was in tears. And God was in a room with only chairs and me and a cameraman. And inside of me, a little voice said, this is the beginning of things to come. Do you know I'm doing Zoom meetings nearly every day, recording meetings for churches in my back room. Yes, with my pyjamas on. But they don't see that. They just see the top half. And you know, and then go back to bed and lay down and then get up and do some more. And I remember doing a message and getting words of knowledge. And I'm getting words of knowledge. And then what happens is a few days later, the Christ Church massacre happens and the conference is cancelled. You know, if you're watching me today trying to work out the will of God, sometimes the will of God is not A, B, C, D. It's A-Z-K-O-N. You think, where are we going? But His peace and His presence can be with you even when you don't know where you're going because His purpose will always come to pass. And it wasn't till a few weeks later. They cancelled the conference because they couldn't do conferences in Christchurch. They couldn't gather. They had to quarantine for a while. They couldn't gather. And a few weeks later, they gathered again in Christchurch and opened the conference with my message. And what I said in the message post the massacre made more sense than if they'd showed it beforehand. Friends, God is good. God is so good. And when you have moments with Him, He will bring movement to your life and you will stay in momentum through every season in your life. And so what happened was that um, about three weeks ago, I was laying in bed in a lot of pain and a lot of people have been praying for me and it seemed like I wasn't experienced a great healing. Sorry, I've just dropped my book, but that's okay. And, uh, you know, I was praying for God to show me. I said, God, if you're not going to heal me, that's okay. Lots of people have laid hands on me. Lots of people have prayed for me. Can you just tell me how you want me to navigate what's happening right now? Help me to understand what's happening right now. And you know what happened? He put into my head, and I know when it's the Holy Spirit, because if it's just the thought, it comes and goes. But if it's God, it doesn't go away. It just stays there. And over and over in the middle of the night, Psalm 73, Psalm 73, Psalm 73. So I got up about four-ish, started to read Psalm 73. Towards the end, it says, even though my body fails. Even though I'm not well, I've got you, God. And it was such a powerful word. But as I read the whole psalm, a picture of some of the things you and I have to deal with came to my mind. And I'm so grateful today that His Word is not just a devotional. His Word is a directional. It brings direction in our lives over 
40 years of walking with Jesus, the Bible has protected me. The Bible has prophesied to me. The Bible has propelled me forward in my life. It's promised me things that at 64, I can look back and go, yes, He promised that and it happened. Yes, He promised that and it happened. That made me hang on to God when we lost our son to heaven because He never told me that was gonna happen. But the things He did tell me did come to pass. So He must have known what we could handle in life. And so the Bible has proved itself to me, you know, and the Bible has positioned me. And so that's never stopped. And so I went to Psalm 37 for that clarity again. And I'm gonna read it to you. And then I'm gonna share a few points with you before we close today. Or have I run out of time? No, I'm doing okay. All right, okay. Truly, it's a bit of a read, so come with me. Truly God is good to Israel, to those whose hearts are pure. But as for me, I almost lost my footing. My feet were slipping and I was almost gone. For I envied the proud when I saw them prosper, despite their wickedness. They seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. They don't have troubles like other people. They're not plagued with problems like everyone else. They wear pride like a jeweled necklace and clothe themselves with cruelty. These fat cats have everything their hearts could ever wish for. They scoff and speak only evil in their pride. They seek to crush others. They boast against the very heavens and their words strut throughout the earth. And so the people are dismayed and confused, drinking in all their words. What does God know, they say? Does the Most High even know what's happening? Look at these wicked people enjoying a life of ease while their riches multiply. <coughs> Excuse me. Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? I get nothing but trouble all day long. Every morning brings me pain. What an encouraging Scripture. If I had really spoken this way to others, I would have been a traitor to your people. So I tried to understand why the wicked prosper. But what a difficult task it is. Then I went into your sanctuary, O oh God. Then I went into your sanctuary, O oh God. And I finally understood the destiny of the wicked. Truly, you put them on a slippery path and send them sliding over the cliff to destruction. In an instant, they are destroyed, completely swept away by terror. When you arise, O Lord, you will laugh at their silly ideas as a person laughs at dreams in the morning. Then I realised that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant, I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you. Yet I still belong to you. You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire more, you more than anything on earth. My health may fail and my spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Those who desert Him will perish for you, destroy those who abandon you. But as for me, how good it is to be near God. I have made the Sovereign Lord my shelter and I will tell everyone about the wonderful things you do. Let's move really quickly today, but don't miss this. Please write these things down. When I first read the first two verses, 
of this psalm, there's a contrast. Truly God is good. But verse two, but as for me, I've nearly lost my footing. Do you know it's possible if you're a Christian today and most of you watching are, that you can have a deep conviction that God is good and still feel you're losing your footing. You can experience those things. People are looking for an authentic church, not one that pretends everything's great when it's not. This is written by Asaph. He was one of David's three worship pastors. He worked for David as a worship pastor. And yet as a worship pastor, walking with knowing God, he goes, I know God's good. I know God's good, but boy, life really sucketh sometimes. We go through stuff. Seven observations very quickly. Number one, confusion. Do you know all of us go through confusion? No matter who you are today, whether you're a pastor, a leader, uh, anybody in any walk of life, Christian or non-Christian, confusion comes to all of us, no matter how strong our commitment is in our faith. I wish I could say to you, the whole journey of peace, presence and purpose has been perfect every day. There's been moments where I've just sort of gone a little bit like when I got this passage, what's going on? God, I'm sick of feeling sick. Gee, it'd be nice to get up one day and not feel so sick. And God, I know You can heal. And I know You do heal. How come, Lord, I'm a little confused. But you know what happens? Not only was Asaph confused, he then starts to compare. One of the greatest mistakes we make as people when we go through difficult times is we don't just get confused we actually start to compare with what others seem to have that we don't have. And Asaph's going, how come other people have everything going well for them? And how come my life is a bit of a mess? I remember when we started Edge Church all those years ago, there were times when people left us because they didn't really wanna be committed not just to the church, but to God walked away from God and from a distance, it seemed like they did better. Made money, built businesses. They didn't need church. They didn't need God. And as a pastor who gives covenant relationship to those people and watch where they're at just for a moment, you think I'm confused. They seem to be quite proud of how well they're doing. How can they do this without you, God? And I'd go through those confusing times, but. We all go through times and we start comparing. I remember when I first got called into ministry to serve God full time as a pastor, some of my peers were travelling the world. They were travelling to the big churches. And I remember one time God saying to me, you go to every little camp that nobody else wants to go to. The back end of Toowoomba. Smelly old campsites. And for five years, I never left this country serving this country. He said, I want you to serve your country and the country areas out in the bush. And I want to tell you, I still meet people today who gave their lives to Christ at some of those camps as they got married to Jesus. And some of those friends of mine that travelled the world, some of them, their lives are a mess today. It's wrong to compare. When we, it's, it's normal to do it for a moment or two. But then we realise we don't know people's futures. We don't know the end story. 
And God doesn't want us to compare. When Sharon and I first got married, and I'm being very vulnerable with you, coming from an Italian culture and Sharon from an Aussie culture, and there were so many differences in our upbringing. And sometimes life wasn't easy. And the first couple of years of marriage, many times there was tension at home before getting in the car to go to church. And you turn up at church and all these couples walking in with their arms around each other. How come they're so happy? Sometimes you wish like, you shouldn't be so happy because I'm not. (laughs) And you have those comparisons. Some of those people sadly are divorced today. Sharon and I are still together 45 years later, not always easy. But I had to learn I couldn't compare. Yes, confusion comes, but we we shouldn't compare. But only, we don't only compare if we uh, don't be careful, we start to critique. We start to critique what's going on. You see, it says in verse four, 4 to 8, they seem to live such painless lives. Their bodies are so healthy and strong. How do you know? Sometimes someone can look healthy and strong, but we don't know what goes on in their lives. Though don't, they don't have troubles like other people. How do you know? How do I know? And we move into critique. And Asaph in verse 13 says, Did I keep my heart pure for nothing? Did I keep myself innocent for no reason? It's normal to ask questions. But Danny Gulgett many times has critiqued, probably at a deep level, where I've gone, is this worth it? As a pastor at times, I go, I don't want to do this anymore. Is this worth it? Is it worth the pain of seeing people blame you for things you never did? Is it worth being in the public arena where everybody has opinions? I mean, opinions are like armpits. We all have them and they stink. But anyway, but the good news, enough bad news is when we, it's okay to be confused. It's okay to compare for a moment. And yes, we do critique, but number four, He comes back to God. He says, with all this stuff I'm processing, I need to go to the sanctuary. I need to come back to God. One of the things that happens with disappointed Christians is they don't go to God with their disappointment. They have divorce parties. They get together with people that have been hurt by the same things they've been hurt with. They think, were you hurt too? Did they do this to you too? And people get together even when they leave churches and they do it in every church. They've done it in our church. They do it in every church. They leave out of hurt and then they have divorce parties. What were you hurt with? Yeah, were you, were you controlled? Were you manipulated? How about going to God? Because God allows disappointment so we have a God appointment. Every disappointment is there so we can go to God and we can get His perspective on what He wants to grow in our lives. And as I read this three weeks ago, as I read this three weeks ago, guys, God said to me, am I enough for you, Danny? And he said, connecting with God, I wrote this, connecting with God might not give us all the answers, but it will give us God Himself. Connecting with God won't give us all the answers. And you know, as I'm getting older, guys, I actually don't need all the answers. 
you'd be shocked at how much I don't care about anymore. I really don't care with pre, you know, with this coronavirus, is this the end times? Maybe, maybe not, who gives a rip? I'm walking with God, that's all that matters. And whatever storm, I'm going to be a voice for Him. Bring on God, whatever you want to bring on. I'm not going to argue over the concealed. I'm just going to live with the revealed. And you know, I'm going to live with the revealed Word of God. And so I've discovered I only need four or five things. Did Jesus rise from the dead? Therefore I can serve Him because eternity is real. Did Jesus give me a model to live by? Yes, He did. You know what He said to me the other day? Stop preaching vision and preach Jesus and you'll always have vision. Preach Jesus. And I find as I get older, there's a lot. And as we get out of this coronavirus time, there's a lot of stuff we don't need anymore if we know the things we do need and put those things in place. And here I am, I don't know how long I've got and I pray I'll have a long time. I'm, I've dealt with death and I've said to the enemy, I'm ready to die today. But because I believe in eternity, I'm gonna live as if I'm here forever. And I'm gonna give it my full pelt. And I wanna say to you today, whether He answers your prayers the way you want them answers or not, want them answered the way you want them answered, you can have God Himself. And when you got God Himself, that all, that's all that matters. Because then number five, clarity comes. And let me say this, the house of God is not a building. When, I, when the writer says, let me go up and go into his sanctuary, it's the place where you meet with God. That can be your bedroom. That can be your car. That could be your lounge room. The place is the sanctuary and it can be the house of God and it will be the house of God as part of that journey, but it's not the whole journey. I haven't been able to get to church. You haven't been able to get to church, which is the building called the church, but I've gone to the sanctuary every day and I've met with God and we do need to come under the roof together in one place, which we'll talk about tonight. So clarity comes. The writer goes on to declare that God will eventually put all things right. And it's not our responsibility to try to do God's job for Him. And so now Asaph in this passage corrects his posture. It's, it's okay to be confused. It's okay even to compare. Why are they being blessed? Why is that happening to them and not us? We go through that. It's our humanity. It's okay to critique, but we've got to come back to the house of God. And when we come back to the house of God, we get God's perspective and then clarity comes. When I handed the church over seven years ago, there were lots of emotions. I missed it. It was like a bit of a divorce, you know? This is the baby God asked us to give birth to, you know, and you go through all the emotions. But, you know, Moses, my servant is dead, was a normal transition generationally. It was a normal thing. And, and I knew I had to do it to obey God. And, and it's taken years of trying to work out, how do we do this? How do we do that? And I want to tell you, the house of God, I've gone before God. And now, seven years later, the prophetic words that David McCracken gave 12 years ago are coming to pass because God brings clarity. We correct our posture. Then I realised that my heart was bitter and I was all torn up inside. I was so foolish and ignorant. I must have seemed like a senseless animal to you, yet I still belong to you. 
You hold my right hand. You guide me with your counsel, leading me to a glorious destiny. Asaph now corrects his posture. He adjusts his thinking and speaks truth. And number seven, he ends up with a confession of truth. Starts with confusion, ends with confession. And he has a revelation. You know, as I look at my life, I think that's the story of my life. I go through crappy times. I go through times, the other day I went to hang a picture of Chris on the wall and it dropped and crashed on the ground. I went to a room and shut the door and cried for a long time. Just the trauma of that moment. It was horrendous. But yesterday, the wife of a friend of mine who's just recently passed away with cancer, who doesn't know the journey we know with God, but is very open and very wanting to connect with Him, sat in our home. We cried together. She felt we could understand her pain. But boy, did I understand hers too. But you see, if you start with confusion and stay in confusion, we're not going to make it. But I'm glad that we can get to that place where we get clarity and then we confess the truth of God. Whom have I in heaven but you? I desire you more than anything on earth. My health may fail. My spirit may grow weak, but God remains the strength of my heart. He is mine forever. Can we just maybe just bow our heads in a moment of prayer? As I was praying for you last night, and just wrote something down here that I've just got to find where I wrote it, but it was just that you would be watching today and some of you may have just lost your job with what's going on, that's a very high possibility. You have a loss of love in your marriage. For some of you, you've lost your marriage in the last few years. You feel very lonely right now. Some of you are struggling financially. Some of you are dry spiritually. But some are even deeper than that. You're confused about what to believe. The whole belief of your life is being questioned right now inside of you. What do I really believe? So you can't do God in corporate convincing. You have to have personal conviction. And then when we come together, the corporate convincing amends our personal conviction. But if you don't have a personal conviction, you're all over the shop. My prayer out of this psalm is that you won't feel bad for your confusion. Maybe even you're comparing. Maybe you've even critiqued yourself. But as we're about to go to worship right now, will you come back to the house of God? And that's in your lounge room today. Father, I pray for everyone listening to me right now that the reality of who you are, what I shared today is I guess a little bit of my story with you, my walking with you. Please, Lord, let this become a clear pattern 
for those that are watching right now. Maybe you're watching today and you're not a Christian. I didn't ask you if you're a churchian. I asked you, are you a Christian? And a Christian is a Christ follower. Please, if you don't know him, at least ask that he will bring clarity to you of who he really is. Because once you know him and then the Holy Spirit of God illuminates to us all that he is, it's the only way to live. And it's the only way to die. But we always live because eternity is real. Thank you for taking the time to listen. If you have any questions, please email us at admin at victorychurch.net.au. 